Welcome to Adventures in God with Jared Lasky. Our hope is that you will be encouraged and equipped through this podcast as we have conversations with friends from around the world. You can subscribe to our podcast and go to our website, firebornministries.com, and sign up for our email list to stay up to date on Fireborn Ministries. And may you have your own adventures in God. And now we hope you enjoy today's podcast. I've got Shani Miller, who's a peer of mine from Regent University, and I'm so excited for what she has to share on this podcast of Adventures in God. Shani has destiny written all over her life, and I know that you will enjoy her true stories and what God has laid on her heart. Hey, Jerry. Thanks so much for having me on the call. Just a little bit about myself. I was in the Air Force for about seven years, um, both active duty and reserves. And uh, while I was in the reserves, I also um, served in an anti-human trafficking organization, as well as strip club, jail ministry. I have a a definite heart for people that are suffering silently or just suffering in general. Serving in the anti-human trafficking organization, jail ministry, and strip club ministry, I had deployed once more to Iraq. And when I came home from that deployment, it was time for me to kind of transition out of those ministries, transition out of the Air Force. I kind of took a couple months just to spend some extra time with God, just walk through some healing, and just connect with God in new ways. And then after that, I started doing a full-time school at a Regent, going for my uh, seminary degree, and I'm doing that now. And God's kind of had me on this new journey in this season, just, just to connect the academic world with the local churches, as well as people in the trenches of doing ministry. I really have a heart just to see unity in the body of Christ, and not just unity, but unity of, of focus. You know, my time in the military, a lot of my job was just to get the different branches or, or different nations to work together and work well together, and you know, it's definitely my heart for the church is to have all God's body and pieces working in, in the way that he has designed us to work. So, yeah, that's where I'm at now. Veronica Ortiz, Rivera's worst nightmare, came true November 16, 2010, when her doorbell rang at Camp Lejeune in Jacksonville, North Carolina. Three men were standing outside, two U.S. Marines and one man wearing a U.S. Navy uniform. At first, she didn't know why they were there, but reality set in when one of them said, we need to speak with you regarding your husband. May we come inside? In this heartfelt story about grief, family, and appreciating our nation's heroes, she recalls hearing the devastating news that her husband, Javier Ortiz Rivera, had been killed in Afghanistan by an improvised explosive device and how she broke the news to her children. In this book, she celebrates the memory of her husband, their love, and how her family stuck together during the most difficult of times. Drawing on their faith, they continue to honor their hero through how they live their lives. Written by Veronica Ortiz Rivera and Jared Lasky. You can purchase a paperback, hardcover, or ebook of Veronica's Hero online from Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, Lulu.com, or the Apple Store. You know, you'd mentioned this anti-human trafficking ministry that you were part of while you were in the Air Force. Was that while you were stateside, or was it also while you were overseas deployed? 
Yeah, that was mainly while I was stateside. I served in the Virginia Beach Justice Initiative here in Hampton Roads. I, I went on one mission trip over to Thailand and Cambodia that was focused on helping women in, in trafficking there, but most of my work has been stateside. Do you have any stories you'd like to share about what you saw God did through you and in you on those trips? Yeah, on deployments you're talking about? Well, whether it's on deployment or, or your mission trips or both. I mean, I, I kind of see uh, deployments are even a mission and even a mission trip. Right. I mean, I, I was in Iraq and Afghanistan, and even though I'd left the ministry, I was still being used by God in the Marine Corps within ministry and yeah. interpreting people's dreams. You know, I was with the infantry, and God was speaking yeah. to saved and unsaved people alike on the battlefield. I guess uh, both are missions. I'll share a story from my last deployment. My last appointment was really special because I actually got to work with the Iraqi helicopter squadrons. I was an advisor for them as they were pushing ISIS up north out of Mosul. And so I was at uh, Camp Taji, which is just uh, north of Baghdad. There was just one day out there that the morale was just really, really low on the base. U.S. and Iraqi forces, our coalition forces were all really discouraged. I was discouraged, <laughs> and so, you know, I went to the gym and just, just put on a podcast and began to worship in a new way. After I went to the gym, I, I um, went back to my room, and I just fell on the ground and, and just prayed, and I just said, I just cried out to the Lord, and I said, please, God, just push ISIS out of this nation. And um, the very next day, I went into work, and all of the helicopter squadrons on base were just taking off. And um, I was like, what's going on? What's going on? You know? <laughs> and so apparently there was this massive um, ISIS convoy that were fleeing Fallujah. You know, you probably, you probably know this. Like, ISIS is really smart. They don't just flee in broad daylight. It's just not part of their normal strategy. And so they, they fled. And that event was a key turning point that boosted the morale on, on base and really was one of the key things that led to the Iraqi forces pushing up north and taking Key West, which eventually led into pushing ISIS out of Mosul. And so it was just such a lesson for me of, you know, the, those prayers that we pray that are just so powerful and, you know, just the, the God that we serve, he, he reveals things in all different ways. Um, and so, yeah, that's one story. You know, while you're overseas and you're an intercessor, prayer warrior, but you're near, I mean, you're in it. You're in the thick of war, of combat, of the everything that's going on. I understand that pressure, even that burden and calling out to God and, you know, but at the same time, seeing the fruit of your prayers, knowing that we're not the only person praying, but other people are praying, but you get to see that Absolutely. and hear that firsthand while you're there. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, completely. You know, and, and the same thing is true with, you know, sometimes with the Working in ministries such as human trafficking, anti-human trafficking, or going into the, the strip clubs to minister to the, some of the dancers, you know, sometimes you it takes a long time to see some of the fruit of your labor, whether it's intercession or you know, we talk, we talk a lot about friendship ministry when we go into some of these strip clubs. It's a, it's a long journey with some of these women, and some of these women may connect with them, and God may do amazing things, and then they just go back and over and over again and but it's more of just the, the long term staying with these women. But one story specifically that I'd love to share is, you know, there was this this club that would never really let us in. Um, I was part of a ministry that we would go 
we would bring these gifts to the women, these pink bags, and we would go back once a month and, and try to sh- share just love on these women. And this one club just would not let us in, it would not let us in, it would not let us in. One night we went and we were just praying outside of what we should do, just asking God for wisdom. All of a sudden, that verse that says, I think it's in Matthew, it says, you know, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Now go and make disciples of all nations. And that verse came to us. I'm like, okay, let's just go in. Let's see what happens. And so we went into the club and like right when we entered, there was a new bouncer at the club, never seen us before. And so he let us in. And we only were in the club for, I don't even know, it was so short. It was only like five minutes, maybe even less. The very next day, um, we got a call. We put we put our phone number on one of the lipsticks so that the girls could um, get a hold of us if they, if they find that lipstick. And the very next day, one of the girls called us. From that point on, we continued this friendship even outside of the club with her. And she shared with us that that was her very first night ever dancing in those clubs. And um, she's a young, young girl. And it was such a beautiful, beautiful meeting point set up by God just for us to walk alongside of her. She's actually, this to this day, she's not she's not dancing anymore. She's um, moved on to doing other things. But Praise God. Um, we, we walked alongside of her for a while. So yeah, it's... it's Rich stories like that that just encourage you to keep going forward. So really, you got to have patience and courage even for a ministry like that and understand that it's a long term. It's not it's not a quick fix. It's not short term. I've never been privy to ministry similar to that. But how do you go about building the relationships with strippers or managers or, or owners of the establishments like that? So we're really in it for the long haul and... Um... We start when we first started doing the ministry. We would, we would go um, once a month to these different clubs, and we would just, you know, we would be very open that we weren't. Our mission was not to get these girls out of the club. We that was our hope, and we really were hoping that they would leave the club. But that was kind of our, you know, we were very clear with that for the managers because the last thing we would want is for them to think we were there to try to get get the girls out of the clubs. But our mission was to walk friendship with these women and so we just loved them wow. right where where they were at and same oh with the gosh. managers i mean god did some cool things with the managers during that time as well and you know we'd begin with just friendship we'd go with these gifts and, and give them gifts and and look them in the eyes and tell them that they're beautiful and oh, tell man. them that they're loved and see, look look at them at the eyes in their eyes rather than all these people that had just looked at their bodies for years and years and then when they would call us, and then we would you would meet outside of the club, and we continue that friendship, and uh, we really follow the Holy Spirit and when to begin sharing Jesus with them and continue continue to walk beside them, and then along with that, you know, we'd be partnered with other organizations in the region that could help them because you know a lot of these women even if they want to leave that industry financially it's very hard for them to make that transition without going back there are a lot of organizations here in this region that are are there to help uh, with job placement and housing and different things like that so we would we would help we were were kind of the bridge you know we weren't there to solve every problem, but we were there to be the bridge and connect them with other parts of the body or other resources in the area to help them 
but you would befriend them and then you'd give them lipsticks. Would you give them anything like uh, if they had ch uh, babies even, would you help them with those needs or try to, you know, I I'm hearing that is very holistic. You had a holistic perspective where you're befriending yeah. them and you're loving them, but at the same time you're pointing them to the necessary resources, whatever that is, whether it's shelter, whether it's even discipleship, but you know, that it's a holistic concept. Is, is that correct? Yeah, exactly. I mean, we would we would start with just the you know the lipstick and the earrings or whatever that we'd bring to them at first, but then we try to meet needs as they arose. For example, one of the girls that we kind of met with more long term outside of the clubs, she got pregnant, and we we threw her a baby shower. Wow. Um, and it was just so special because she's never you know she never had anyone do something like that for her just just basic things and so yeah they, we we met girls in, in all different ways yeah and i mean in the same thing with virginia beach justice initiative which is you know the anti-human trafficking organization like some girls you know they would need like deep deep well actually most of them all need deep counseling but some of them are not ready yet and so we'd walk we'd befriend them and then when the time was ready we would introduce them to the counselor introduce them to, you know, some of them, we could introduce them to celebrate recovery, wow. to kind of walk through some of the addiction things. So, yeah, it was, it, it started with friendship, and then it, every single, you know, every single lady, it'd be, it'd be different, and the things that they'd need, and and, it, and not just the things that they'd need, but the things that they were willing to get help for, you know, we right. weren't pushing things on people. You we are really there to walk alongside them and cheer them on for the journey that God's had them on. And patience was key. And we really had to keep keep ourselves in check with God to make sure that we're moving slowly. <laughs> right. Would any of them just automatically know, hey, you've got Jesus in you? Or would any of them have a, a church background even and just open up to you about those things? So, yes, actually... Many of the women that we talked to had had church backgrounds. And so, yeah, there would be some girls that would be open for prayer right there in the clubs, you know, and we would follow the Holy Spirit in that. And, yeah, and some of the, um, I think I think it was after I transitioned out of Mystic Club Ministry, but one of the clubs, they actually started doing a weekly Bible study in the club. Wow. wow. And so, yeah, you know, those things, like... That's incredible. Those things just kind of work out, yeah. <laughs> well, now, here's a question. What would you say to yeah. Christians who don't agree with the, the method of going inside a strip club or an establishment that's similar to that? Yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, each one of us has different callings. And, you know, some people I wouldn't, I don't think it'd be wise to bring everyone in the, in the clubs like these before we would go into the strip clubs we would arm ourselves with prayer and worship and bible study and then when we would come out of the clubs we would pray even more so we'd make sure that we're we're not we weren't going in you know unarmed or right kind of, and so that's one thing i would say not it's not for everyone that it's going into those clubs is definitely definitely and you have to be ready for it so so that's, that's one thing I would say. And then, you know, the second thing I would say is, you know, look at the way that, that Jesus ministered. Um, yes. You know, he ministered to those women. And so, like, we just have to humble ourselves and, and seek after the way that he he moved. And also just recognize that, you know, these women are, they all have different stories. And the more that you talk to them, 
you realize how similar we really are to them. We're all just broken. And, you know, some of, some of these women are there beyond their own will. Trafficking happens right here in our own region. And some of them are physically being held outside of their wills. And the ones that are there volunteer, voluntarily, many of them have been caught in this deceptive cycle of manipulation by, by different men and through drugs or through just emotional manipulation, control, all these different things. And so once you go in there, you just, your heart just begins to break. And so mm-hmm. my prayer for people that, that this, you know, that this might seem kind of out of their out of their realm i would just i would just challenge people to really allow your heart to be broken for Mm -hmm. for the things that that break god's heart wow gosh right before jesus ascended into heaven he gave his disciples the great commission promising them the precious gift of the holy spirit in acts 1 verse 8 jesus said you will receive power when the holy spirit comes on you and you will be witnesses in jerusalem judea samaria and to the ends of the earth With the Holy Spirit as your teacher, Jared Lasky developed a new Bible study journaling system that is sure to equip you in your adventure with God. The Spirit-Empowered Journal offers life-changing steps that will enhance your biblical studies. This journal will not only help you know how God spoke in the scripture, but also what he is speaking to you now. This is an incredible approach to Bible study, empowering your spiritual journey. Your relationship with the Holy Spirit and understanding of the scriptures will increase as you use the Spirit-Empowered Journal. Buy your paperback copy on Amazon.com or FirebornMinistries.com. Amazing what God is doing in you and it's done through you and what is he currently laying on your heart to address or what is he doing through you in ministry currently in this season of your life after taking kind of a break from from that world and going to school full-time the lord has really impressed on my heart to bring unity in, in the church body and also just like more of unity of mission really i had this heart to connect the academic world to the local churches, people in the trenches of doing ministry. I'm hosting this event in October that is focused on the tragic events of Judges 19, um, where this woman right in the middle of Israel is is raped and murdered, and then this Levite cuts up her body and, and sends out her body in 12 pieces to the 12 tribes. And in that chapter... You know, this tragic event causes Israel to rally. Unfortunately, they rally in, in civil war, which is a discussion within itself. But my heart has been so focused on this passage, partly because I've never heard anyone even preach on it in the church, but partly because I think it's even more applicable for today. It's so applicable today. And so I'm, I'm hosting this event in October where I'm inviting you know, all my friends from the anti-human trafficking world and domestic violence world, as well as, you know, just people passionate about the vulnerable. So whether that's the unborn or youth or people that are adopted or veterans. And I mean, it's, it's kind of like this rallying the tribes together. So let's rally pastors and leaders and these professors that have been studying this passage for years. And, and let's let's rally together to discuss this passage and see what God has to speak through the passage to us today. You know, my, I think I mentioned that uh, while I was in the military, my job at many times was just to get, you know, different branches to work together or 
or even, you know, like when I, when I was an air advisor for the Iraqi uh, helicopter squadrons, a lot of my job while I was over there was just getting the, um, you know, the guys on the ground to talk to the guys that are flying in the air. And any time that they would just talk to each other, I'd be like, woohoo, like victory, <laughs> you know? Well, it's a miracle so when it's inter, inter-branch, right? It, it's a miracle. Right? You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, so that's what, that's my heart for the church. You know, it's like we've all been giving these unique callings and things. And, you know, I'm not I'm not expecting every single person to go into strip clubs. But I am, you know, I believe that God's given us each a unique calling, uh, whether that's praying or organizing or in all the different callings that we have and so my heart is just to see the body unify together for mission and, and to work well together so that's kind of what my heart is in this season oh i love that i i'm just kind of as you're talking it's kind of like god is bringing you full circle things that you've experienced yeah. years ago in the the Air Force, and you're kind of transferring those principles, those things you learned into the church to bring unity, to talk to the academic community, and even address pop culture. But I think that that's very special and very unique as well. And are you looking at doing these things annually or every couple of years? Or even uh, do, you, do you have curriculum ideas? <laughs> I know that's a lot to throw at you, but I mean, my, my brain is going kind of crazy just thinking about the endless yeah. possibilities. Yeah, you know, you know, we'll we'll see what God has um, after this. My husband and I, like, God's really given us this calling to be gates and bridges. My name, actually, my legal name is Joshanna. It's a gate in Nehemiah, and so it's kind of like this idea of opening opening the gate. And and actually, you know, I've had this vision for the last years, and God's just like keeps bringing this vision back. But it's like this vision of this tunnel, this long, dark tunnel, and the tunnel leads into this table, and the table is like this warm log cabin where people come and they meet, like tribal leaders meet together, and then I'm also seeing visions of like, that are like this grand banquet dance floor where I've seen Jesus dancing with people and various things, and then from there, it's like this massive fighting scene where people go from the table out and fight war and so i know part of my calling is to bring people to the table to connect and whatever that may be so it after this event like we might do other things i might develop curriculum or different things for judges 19 especially my heart is to get my my professor has really done the hard work. Dr. Brad Embry has done the hard work in this passage, and so it's to get get his material out. But there are other things as well. You know, he's also shared a lot with me in the book of Ruth that I think is very applicable to today as well. And so, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I'm in in the season of just seeing what God has for, for this for this event and then following forward for what he has after. You mentioned Dr. Embry and it sounds like he's kind of, there's a mentoring relationship there. And then who in turn are you mentoring to others? Because when, when I'd met you and was a student alongside you at Regent University, you know, I saw a strong anointing for mentoring others. And I know that you're doing that through this event as well, but to, what does mentoring look like to you and through you? I think that for me, mentoring looks different in, in every season, and both for people that are mentoring me 
and then people that I am mentoring. There have been seasons, you know, for me where like my mentors are people that I listen to on podcasts or, you know, read their books like Lauren Cunningham or Joy Dobson. Incredible books. Right? <laughs> and then, yeah, and then God blessed me with professors at Regent like Dr. Brad Embry who just have opened the Bible up for me in a new way. There have been seasons for me as far as mentoring others, there have been seasons where I have long-term board into specific people consistently. You know, I... I walked with a human trafficking victim for three years, you know, and like watch her just grow and, and read and got to see the fruit of that. And then same thing with people in the church. I think in, in this season, me and my husband kind of, we just finished our deck on our house and it's been such a gift to us. But what's happened, it's more of creating space for people, maybe not necessarily long-term walking with people, but like creating space for people to speak into their lives, even if it's for a moment. And, you know, we had a, a couple come over to our house a couple weeks ago that are just really struggling in their marriage. And they're just like, okay, come on over. Like, you know, we, we have a lot going on, but like, we're going to, we're going to make space for you to, to come and feel safe in our home. I also feel like my heart is to create space for people to walk into their calling. And so, even the Lord's spoken a lot to me about having like this, this Aaron calling of supporting other leaders. And so even this event in October, you know, I'm, I'm opening space for some of my professors to share their insight into other worlds than the academic world. And then I'm also inviting kind of some people that are more so in the trenches of protecting the vulnerable and I'm giving them a chance to be equipped from the academic world and I have a heart to to mentor leaders and see leaders thrive. And so sometimes that's stepping under people and being mentored by them while at the same time lifting their arms. (laughs) That's awesome. I love that. Thank you, Shani, so much for being part of this and sharing your adventure in God. What is one of the best ways for those who are listening in to stay in touch with you and your ministry? For sure. Well, first they can come our event in October on Judges 19, October 12th, they can register at willyouintervene.com and then they can also join the Facebook group, which is Judges 19, semicolon, a gateway to intervention. So those are, those are the main ways. And then after this event in October, we, we'll see where God, God leads and uh, hopefully stay in contact from there. Awesome. I'm so excited for what God has in you and through you. Thank you so much for listening to our conversation in Adventures in God. We hope that this podcast encouraged and inspired you to press into Jesus and launches you into your own adventure. You can stay up to date with Fireborn Ministries by going to our website, firebornministries.com, and like us on Facebook. And may you have your own adventures in God.